to the Sunday edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. Uh, we're going to look back on the Cheltenham game, game from yesterday, which saw the take cement their position at the top of the table. And we have got Sheffield Wednesday on Tuesday to look forward to. Sure, they're going to be bringing a big following with them. One of the Sheffield Wednesday supporters has uh, made it over this, this Sunday as well. He's joining us live in the studio, not pre-recorded, live with a pint of Guinness. We'll, we'll come to that as we crack on through it. So we've got with us today, we've got Adam, Paul, myself, Barry, and we've got Kevin Carpenter, who is the Sheffield Wednesday fan. I hope you're doing all right, fellas. Well, we are, aren't we? Very well, thank you. Doing all right, Barry, doing all right, yeah. Good, good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me on again. Straight into it. The game yesterday finished... Wigan Athletic 2, Cheltenham 0. Goals for Lang and Charlie White. So that's three goals in two games for our ace centre-forward, Bang in form, and Lange again, linking up really well with him. Solid performance again, wasn't it? I would say solid but not spectacular in a way. To be honest, I don't think we needed to be at our very best yesterday. I thought we, we managed the game really well. Obviously, in the first half, we had quite a lot of chances. Could have been maybe three three or four up. My 6-0 prediction was looking decent at one point, but I think that soon faded when we still went in 1-0 at half-time. You know, two two were well-taken goals, good link-up play, um, good solid performance uh, throughout, really. I'm very impressed with the way we're playing at the moment. I thought we controlled the game again through the midfield. Tom Naylor, wow. Yeah, I'm, I mean, there was a particular piece that I, was, I thought um, was going to single him out for. Cheltenham were on the attack. He won the ball and then slotted into... As, as he won the ball, it came out and he slotted into right back while Max Power uh, shot off into the midfield with the ball. And then it, it came to nothing. Um, and then as it recycled, they kind of regained the positions and the ball recycled to Max Power, which was just when he wanged it down the line for the first goal. Solid performance, but, but switched on as well. At one point, I thought he was going to get substituted because he, he, looked like he was getting a kick from pillar to post and he looked like he was straining every muscle in his body. And he was going down with cramp and, and then he saw the subs warming up and I thought, what's he doing here? Mass is coming on, he's going to switch it around a little bit. Uh, but they didn't, take, they didn't take him off. They, you know, he's, uh, they made him stop on the pitch. Yeah, there was a point where um, it was one of the Cheltenham players that was helping him out with the cramp as well, weren't there, in our box? You know, great, great performance all round. Um, like I say, the midfield just bossed the game again, didn't we? Yeah, talking of injuries, uh, Adam, what did you make of Jack Watmore going down and going off? I mean, the incidents occurred in as well. It was a flag for offside and he still made a late sort of challenge, didn't he? Yeah, well, I've, I've listened to the um, Liam Richardson interview and it, it, it's tweaked his hamstring, hasn't he? So I suspect he's not going to be playing on... Tuesday, we'll come on to that in a moment. Let's just hope it's only precautionary, really. You know, it seems like it's that way. Because if your hamstring goes, you, you, you're out for three or four months, aren't you, if it goes properly? And I just don't want it to be like the Portsmouth fans said at the start of the season, best defender in the league, if you can actually get him on the pitch. I'm just hoping this isn't the start of that and it's just a sort of precautionary. I mean, we've got, we've got good cover, but we're not going to have anyone as good as him. That's no, I'll tell you what gives me gives me a little bit of art with it, though. He went down the tunnel straight away and the physio went with him. And then three or four minutes later, he's back up, still in his kit, and laughing and joking about. And then at the end of the game, he, he does the uh, 
does the lap of honour, no limp at all, and clapping the, the supporters. And you're thinking, if it was a serious strain, it, it'd have been having having yeah. some physio. Uh, so I, maybe, like you say, it's just a precaution. I hope so. Best centre half I've seen in League One, this including last season, this season, and last season. Yeah, he's exceptional, isn't he? And, and the guy next to him is superb as well. You know, for a young lad, only 20, 21, 22, he's uh, fantastic. What a partnership, you know. So it takes a long time to build centre-half partnerships, but those two look like they've been playing together all their lives, aren't they? It's like, uh, you know, the good old, they're like you're looking back to great centre-half partnerships in history, you know, like Adams and Keon. You know, Vidic and Ferdinand. To me, these two are even better. Johnson and Robertson. I think he's one of the top top centre half on Tuesday. Dominic Iorfa for us. He's he's in the top two or three of the league. Definitely, I'm, I'm amazed with most to keep hold of him, but I'm sure we'll come on to that later. Tom Naylor again. He's uh, been voted the Progressive Unity listeners man of the match for the game yesterday, and. I th- I, it thoroughly deserves even though he didn't have an assist and he didn't have a goal to his name he just had a, he could have had two by the way he could have had two uh, he, there was a left footer 20 yarder in the first half and he was close with Ben Eder in the second but what a performance what a yeah. performance he's an absolute crucial player for us arguably he could have picked up other men at the matches but often people are swayed towards goal scorers or assisters aren't they whereas He's just as integral to us as the, you know, as the forward players. I wouldn't like to lose him because I don't think there's anyone who can replace him in, in that role. Agree, 100%. As always, the officials, I thought quite a bit of a letdown yesterday. Keane, Lang and Cousins got booked. I understand Keane's booking, a bit of a reaction, but the disappointing part of that, he didn't boot the Chapman player as well, which he should have done. Lang and Cousins, no idea what them two got booked for. And then in the first half... James McLean goes past the last man and gets shoved in the back. Then the ball trickles free and he signals advantage play on. And it ended up with Callum Wang having the opportunity uh, for a second. Now, I know Paul's been studying the laws of the yeah. game. Well, I, is I, it we've, law got, 12? We've, we've got a referee as well on here. We've got Kevin, a referee as well. So let's yeah, see referee. Well, if I read law 12 or the, the, the pertinent part of law 12, Advantage. If the referee plays the advantage for an offence for which a caution slash sending off would have been issued had play been stopped, this caution sending off must be issued when the ball is next out of play. So that looks cut and dried. He's getting either yellow or red as soon as the ball goes out of play. However, if the offence was denying the opposition team an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, the player is cautioned for unsporting behaviour. If the offence was interfering with or stopping a promising attack, the player is not cautioned. So that's what I think it is. Kevin, I'll tell you the scenario. We had a break, a great through ball. James McLean on, onto it in a flash, bags of pace, skips past the last man. He's probably 25 to 30 yards out. No Cheltenham players between him and the goalkeeper. It gets a shove in the back. Two-handed shove, no question about it. Pushes him right past the ball. The ball then trickles away. We pick it up, knock it out to the right where Callum Lang is. At this stage, James McLean stood there with his arms stretched out, saying, where's my free kick? It goes out to the right-hand side where Callum Lang cuts into the box, fires a shot, and it's a great save from the keeper. Your opinion, 
should it have been brought back? Should he have been given advantage? Should he have give, been given a, a yellow card or a red card or a red card after the attack had broken down? That sounds like the, the right advantage was played because the, there was still an attack to go. But that doesn't change the fact that it was a denial of obvious goal-scoring opportunity. So really should have been should have been a red card pulled back when the ball next went out of play. But not many referees will do that. Did he give him a did he give him a yellow card? No, I didn't give him. He didn't even oh. speak to him. And the, and the player in yeah. question never had his hands off our players all afternoon. He was pulling and pushing all afternoon. Well, unfortunately, that's that's wrong in law, then, isn't it? Yes. No, I mean, it's got to be a minimum of a yellow card, and to be honest, it should it should still be a red card. So, well, re- reading what I read from the law, if the offence was interfering with or stopping a promising attack, the player is not cautioned. So I think that's the the definition of whether it's an obvious goal-scoring opportunity or whether it's a promising attack. It was an obvious goal-scoring opportunity well, for it, me. It, yeah, it was one-on-one. One. one-on-one, but yeah. I mean, it is uh, subject to interpretation to some degree, isn't it? I, I watched it again on, on Quest last night and I paused it. And he's through. It's <laughs> just clear. Oh, yeah. Through. There's nobody near him. And apart from he's just an arm's length away from the fella who gave him the shove. And the Lang the Lang chance wasn't as good as the what McLean would have had for me. Oh no, no, no. no so that, to me, I, I'm not even convinced it was a the right decision to give an advantage. It gave the arm signal for the advantage, you know, the two arms outstretched and like yeah. away with play. Anyway. Well, that means he's seen it as a foul then, doesn't hasn't he? Yes. He should have been at least booked. Very least, yeah, but I he, he's got to have seen it as a, a booking offense that was interfering with a promising attack, yeah. yeah well, he, well, he's, attack. He, clearly, he, he clearly can't see what we can see, then can he? He's when we're cleaning seen. windows, no, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I'll tell you what is disappointing. We've won 2 0, we're top of the league, we've got the best defense in the, in, in the division, and we're still talking critically about referees. <laughs> <laughs> I think that identifies a massive problem in this this particular division. Yeah. The stats from the game: possession with fifty four percent, attempts fifteen. There was eleven fouls committed by ourselves and seven by Cheltenham. We picked up three yellow cards. Surprisingly, they picked up none. There was a crowd of eight thousand eight hundred and sixty seven with around one hundred and fifty away supporters. That average of us eight and a half thousand. Home supporters looks to be pretty spot on, Adam. You said the other week. League One Player of the Week, as chosen by the 92 Twitter account, Callum Lang. One goal, one assist, a 96% success rate in passing, and two key passes. So a fabulous performance, well deserved. Uh, the stats back up what a good player he is. Uh, I saw Ian Holloway raving about him last night on Quest. He's a great player. He's really coming to his own this season. And Lange, uh, just keep on doing what you're doing. Friend of the podcast, etc. Right, we move on to Tuesday. We've got Sheffield Wednesday in town. It's going to be uh, a great game with hopefully a bumper crowd and a cracking atmosphere. Let's have a bit of ref watch for Tuesday. The ref is Sam Barrett from Yorkshire. So, you know, as we know, Sheffield's in Yorkshire, so this is going to be the ref that gives us a first shot. 
He's refereed Latix twice before against Port Vale in the AFL Trophy at the DW, where we lost 3 1, and away at Burton Albion, where we won 4 3. Both last season, and there was no bookings in either game. This season, Mr. Barrett has refed nine games, issuing 33 yellows, no reds, and one penalty. That's Sam Barrett, the ref for Tuesday. Cheers, Paul. Previous meetings with uh, Sheffield Wednesday. 12 games we've played, five wins, seven defeats and zero draws. Uh, The first two meetings came in the uh, FA Cup. First one back in 1975 and then 1977 where we won 1-0. And I I think that was the Maurice Whittle goal. Uh, Obviously, that's from history because I wasn't alive then, but Barry will... I'm sure Barry will confirm whether it was Maurice Whittle or not. Yeah, I was actually playing for Wigan Rovers that day. And so I didn't make the Latics game, but it was Maurice Whittle, who's a Wigan lad. And and he played in the Ami League as well, as well as playing for Fort Lauderdale over in America. With Pelle. Yeah, he coached me as well. I did some court, some sessions with him. That's what's made me the player I am today. So the other meetings have all actually been in the championship. So it's the first meeting uh, in at the third tier of English football. Uh, there's championship meetings, uh, four wins for the Latics, uh, 60 feats. And, and, and I think um, Kevin will confirm this as well. It always seems to be minus 10 uh, at the DW Stadium when we've played them. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a li- apart from the first day of the season when it was about 40 degrees, but generally we play them on a Tuesday night. I guess it's time to Kevin to come in, really, because uh, massive club, uh, with, along with Sunderland, I guess, probably you know the biggest clubs in the uh, division. How is it going so far, Kevin? I mean, are you realistically, is this where you expected to be or did, did you expect to be much higher up the table? Well, I, I think I think you know me long enough, Adam, to know that I'm uh, I'm not particularly optimistic when it comes to Sheffield Wednesday. I think, uh, and it, it's not a time for playing any sort of financial uh, or financial mismanagement one-upmanship, but of course um, we both had our issues in the last two years, and it led to our ultimate relegation last year. Um, so we we gambled for the promised land and didn't make it, um, and then our chairman couldn't get us back onto a financial even keel. So we had a big clear out in the summer. Darren Moore came in towards the end of last year, couldn't keep us up. We had that last ditch sort of effort against Derby on the last day um, when we nearly got to what I I would consider to be a, it wasn't a deserved for the state up really, to be honest. And, and well, given now that we know, know what we know about Derby, not sure they deserve to stay up either. But um, yeah, this season, so we had a big clear out in the summer. He's, the chairman's stepped away from taking footballing decisions, which is good because he knows nothing about football. Um, and he doesn't seem to know much about running a business, it, it seems, to a large extent. But he's definitely let Darren Moore and his coaches pick the players for the division, you know, build a squad accordingly. We're not allowed. I think we're still under some sort of restrictions in the AFL, so we've not been able to buy anyone, as far as I'm aware. They're all frees or loans. I think on paper, when you look to the, I think we brought 14 in in the summer, they all looked high quality sort of players, really. Um, you're talking Bailey Peacock, Farrell, in the goalkeeper, Jack Hunt at the right back, who was a former Wednesday player from Bristol City on a, on a free. And then quite a lot of sort of young players from uh, champion, decent championship clubs and premiership clubs. Some a bit more experienced Lee Gregory up front, from a Derby County, and, and we thought, you know, this is looking good. And we started off, obviously, I think we were 
top of the league after sort of four or five matches, not conceded a goal, and it was all looking fairly rosy. But then we've dropped off a bit of a cliff recently in the last month or so. So August was good, September's been a bit of a disaster. Yeah, we've lost away to Plymouth, we've not beat Shrewsbury at home, and then we drew with Ipswich yesterday with a ridiculous last-minute goal we conceded. So, so the natives are getting a bit restless already, I think. Um, and everybody, including myself, you know, I, I do think Darren Moore is a good man for the job. He's a man who's managed, obviously, at a decent level, played at a good level for a long time, um, and seems to know his way around. But the criticism he seems to be getting from the fans, and it seems to be the fact that he, he's too slow to change things when things aren't going our way. Still got some of the old issues, particularly um, up front. We just don't, we just don't score enough goals, you know. But we've, we've also brought in, probably most interestingly of all, on a free transfer, um, Saido Berahina, who was under Darren Moore at West Brom when he got in the England squad. So um, he obviously he's had his off-field problems and he's been out in the wilderness. But I, I, obviously we picked him up from some Belgian top top level side. Um, he scored against Shrewsbury, good header. But I think he must be on some sort of pay-as-you-play type deal or a very basic wage plus a lot of incentives to get his name back out there and get his career back on track. So that's a bit of a gamble, but one worth taking, I guess. Has Dunkley been playing for Sheffield Wednesday this season? Has he been getting in? He has, yeah. He's, as I say, the, at the centre-back, we're actually, or, or we were, you know, keeping lots of clean So we had the Dominic Iorfa, who I think is too good for the League One, to be honest. And I'd be amazed if he stays fit. We've still got him come um, January. And Sam Hutchinson, who's the old sort of stager. But when either of those, Dunkley's the next in line, really. Lacking a bit of pace, I think, is the concern um, amongst the fan base. They haven't been overly impressed with him, it seems. But, of course, he's been injured for a long time. Um, some pretty serious injuries. So I think it takes a bit of time to get up to speed. But, you know... The Wednesday fans expect instant success this season, and if we don't get straight back up, it'll be a you know it'll be a failure for most fans. I'm a bit I'm a bit more sort of sanguine about it. I think if we I'd be disappointed if we didn't at least push for the you know in the playoffs. I'm not I'm not bold enough to think we should be automatic by any stretch because we've had turmoil off the pitch, particularly for two three years now. So we need to get back onto a bit of an even keel. I think. Yeah, what about uh, Mr. Win- Mr. Windass? Obviously, he's had injuries, hasn't he? Uh, Wigan's uh, Wigan's favourite exports. Yeah, that, Windass is a yeah, he's a fan favourite. I think everybody, I think in the championship, he did pretty well. Generally, played pretty well. He, he had a chance to go. I think he, he he had a few offers in the summer and signed a new contract recently. But he's he's out till mid October, so he won't be playing on Tuesday. Well, he wants to get a very warm welcome back. I don't think. <laughs> no, I, I well, I don't think he's. I think every club he's left, he's not been particularly. He's not done it very well, or he's not been well liked. So, yeah, he seems to have kept himself on the right side of the Wednesday fans. But yeah, we've missed his kind of industry a bit, and Gregory's not really done much so far. Um, so yeah, we just we just we're struggling to score goals really. How do we think uh, team selection is going to? I think possibly unchanged by what more if he's injured. Yeah, there'll definitely be a change. I think uh, what more will step out. I, I, I don't think it's worth risking him, and I think Tilt will come in. I think that probably will be the only only change. Don't see any reason to make any other changes when all these, you know, everything's working well. I'm going to be really intrigued by the midfield battle because obviously Naylor and Cousins up against Bannon, who. Probably 
bizarrely, though, Kevin didn't mention him at all in his, in his, uh, in his account of Sheffield Wednesday. So, uh, but I think that's going to be an interesting battle there, Nailu against, uh, against Bannon. Obviously, Bannon's got quality and we don't want to be giving away free kicks, do we, sort of in and around the box? Yeah, I so. think when it comes to Bannon, just briefly, I think he is obviously still the sort of main bit of quality we've got. But he's, I think, unjustly criticised by Wednesday fans. He tries to take too much on, really, and do too much and tends to drop deeper and deeper to get the ball and make something happen. Uh, but actually, the, the, the sort of more energy we've got now is Shadipo and uh, Adenaran, who are the two guys sort of alongside him, who are the athletic ones, uh, the ones that I think are more excited at the moment. But yeah, Bannon's always a threat. He's always got a fantastic you know, through ball or pass that can split open a defence at any point, really. So yeah, you do have to be on top of it. Right, Paul, we'll come to you first. Give us your prediction. I, I think there may be slightly more changes than what you suggested. Maybe Jones Edwards or Humphreys. I, I mean, I, didn't, I don't think McLean played particularly well on yesterday. You might see somebody else pop up there. It wouldn't surprise me. But then, if you kept an unchanged team apart from, you know, uh, Tilter coming in for Watmore, that wouldn't surprise me either. Right, so predictions, I'll go, I'll stick with where we're going. And I'll go with 2-1 Latix. I've had another win on that list. Adam? Yeah, it was 2-1 last time, wasn't it? To, uh, we scored a quite a late goal, didn't we, in that uh, in that game? I think it'd be a tight one. Not really many goals in this game at all. Um, I think we might nick it 1-0. I'm going to come to you last, Kev, uh, because I said I'd come to you first. Uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to put you on the spot, but now you can you yeah. can listen to our, our, our reasoning. No, I think you're all wrong. We're quality. We're quality. And as I've said so many times this season, Sheffield Wednesday are a one-man side, Barry Bannon. But he's coming up against the best midfield in League One. So I'm going to go. And we like, we like punching the big boys, the so-called big boys. I'm going to go for a 3-0 win for Wigan Athletic. Oh, bold prediction. And I might even put a pound on it. Kev. <laughs> So, I think Darren Moore really needs a win, to be honest. I think after yesterday's shambolic goal we gave away. But for me, given the form we're going to in, I would, I'd snap your hand off for a draw right now, the first ever. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a 1-1, I think. That's, uh, say, I don't think there'll be many goals in it. And that's what, that's, you know, I'd, I'd take that, to be honest. I don't think many Wednesday fans will be happy with that, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm realistic. So I'll, I'll take a 1-1 now. We shall see, as they say. We shall see. So we've got a great game to look forward to anyway. Do you think there'll be uh, many heading over the Pennines? Uh, I'm sure there will be, yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've travelled in silly numbers this year, like 5,500 to Plymouth and stuff of that nature. Uh, but I think there's probably a bit of... Um, I think the slight dip recently it being a Tuesday night. Yeah, I think, I think it will probably close to sell out our allocation, I'm sure, the way tickets. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely bring you a big following. Yeah, one of the biggest you'll get this season, I'm sure. So, we're looking at 10,000 yeah. plus on a Tuesday night at the VW Stadium under floodlights. Going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, get yourself tickets if you've not got one. Get down there, support the Latics. Let's cement that top spot in the division. Let's rub Sunderland's noses in it and give Sheffield Wednesday a kick in along the way. Up the ticks, come on. Up the ticks. 